Well, I've been informed by a number of people. I've been informed by a number of people that I've been neglecting the northern side of the church during my homilies. So I'm I'm probably going to be spending more time over here than over there. Okay, don't feel bad. I'll come back to you eventually. All right. But I'll be going back and forth here. Now, I wanted to start off on a little light note here because it's a serious topic that I want to talk about today, right? We begin the White Ribbon Against Pornography Week. And so this topic, it's very serious. It's affecting society at all levels. And it's something that we really do need to address, especially as parents and grandparents. So my idea here today really goes back to the idea that this whole issue is really a social justice issue. And it's an issue of exploitation. It's an, it's an issue of oppression of those who are vulnerable and weak. And this is what our readings have to do with today. Our gospel reading, not so much. I don't know if I can tie our gospel into it. But in our first reading, we see very clearly that God is a God of justice. And he's not happy when we oppress and exploit those who are vulnerable. And, of course, this is what we are talking about in our responsorial psalm as well. Another way of speaking about this issue of oppression and exploitation is with the idea of tyranny. Okay, so this is kind of what I want to talk about. Tyranny and freedom. Tyranny versus freedom. In our second reading from St. Paul, St. Paul's got a very interesting verse that I'm going to focus in on. It's going to be kind of the theme of this whole homily. St. Paul says that I was delivered from the mouth of the lion. I was delivered from the lion's mouth. What is he talking about there? In our Catholic tradition, a lot of our ancient theologians and biblical expositors, they look at that and they say, this is a reference to Nero. Nero was the Roman emperor underneath whom Paul was imprisoned. He's coming back from Spain According to ancient testimony, Paul made it all the way out to Spain. His second time through Rome, he was arrested, and he's waiting his execution. Eventually, he will, he will be killed. Okay, So he is being oppressed. He has an unjust, tyrannical Roman emperor who has put him in prison. And uh, Nero is being likened to a lion who devours. He devours, he devours. In the Apocalypse, in the last book of the New Testament, the last book of the Bible, there is this image, and it's, it's very well known because it's associated with the number 666. Okay, so you've got the number of the beast. So there's this imagery in the Apocalypse of the beast. And biblical scholars say the beast of Revelation is modeled after Nero, because Nero was the archetypical tyrant. The man was absolutely savage. And uh, it's kind of a little bit hard to understand in our modern-day languages, but in ancient languages, each character that you would write a name with had a numerical value. So you could take any person's name, and you could add up the numerical value of each one of the letters in that name, and that would add up to a particular numerical value. So everybody's name, personal name, had a numerical value. And when you take the name Nero and you add it up, it turns to 666. Okay? And uh, the book of Revelation describes the beast as having the mouth of a lion. 
And this is Paul referencing the mouth of the lion, that he was saved from the mouth of the lion. Now, he was saved in the sense that he had this initial defense in his trial, and he came out on the other side. They put him back in prison, but they're going to bring him back out again. They're going to put him back on trial for a second round, and eventually he will be martyred at the hand of his tyrants. Nero was savage. Five years into his reign, he had his own mother put to death. He was, in his childhood, he was mentored and tutored by a very famous pagan philosopher by the name of Seneca. And as far as pagans go, this man was a righteous man and a good guy. And he bestowed all his teaching and his knowledge on this little boy, and the little boy grew up and had him put to death too. Because these people were standing in the way of his political ends, which were really just expressions of his bestial appetite. And that's what the tyrant does. The tyrant becomes an animal. Now, if you're a lion, it's good to be a lion, but if you're a human being, it's not good to be a lion. Okay, that's the whole point. So the Bible portrays human beings who are tyrannical as animals because there's an inversion of reason and passion that's going on. God created us human beings to have reason up here and passion down below, subordinate to reason. But when we invert that order and we put reason subject to passion, reason underneath passion, that's where we lose our humanity and we become, as it were, irrational animals and beasts that do nothing but prey upon each other. The just ruler, the just politician or statesman or king, rules for the common good. He or she says, I want to do what's good for everybody, taking into account the good of society as a whole, and I'm going to do what it takes to see that come about. The tyrant says, I don't care about the common good. I care about my appetites and my passions, and I'm going to use my power and everybody that I rule over as a means to make sure those are satisfied. Okay, that's the, that's the tyrant. But you know what? The tyrant does not have power over people unless they have done the same thing that he has done. Okay? So in ancient Rome, there was a saying out there. It went something like this. It was a little sarcastic. It said, basically, the Roman emperors who are tyrants have power over the people uh, because the people are satisfied and distracted and entertained by mere bread and circuses. So, if the tyrant just provides people with bread and circuses, okay, keeps them happy, keeps them subordinate, keeps them distracted, the people have abdicated their responsibility towards the common good. And all they care about it is, is satisfying their immediate passions and desires with bread and circuses. You see? And so, therefore, they have given themselves over and they have allowed this tyrant to manipulate them and have power over them. Okay? My brothers and sisters, today we've got a lot of bread and circuses going on. Okay? And uh, this online filth is a supreme expression of bread and circuses that appeals to the base passions of human beings, and it is a tool in the hand of the tyrants. It is a tool in the hand of anybody 
who would want to gain power over us and distract us from the common good, from our responsibility to love our neighbor and to work for the good of society. It is a massive tool of tyranny and oppression. Now, you guys don't know this, but the people at St. Joseph the Worker know this. I'm an audiobook freak. I listen to audiobooks nonstop. When I'm driving, when I'm brushing my teeth, when I'm eating breakfast, I tell Father Walter to get out of my way, you know, so I can listen to my audiobooks, all that kind of stuff. So recently I listened to an audiobook. I was an investigative journalist, and he was investigating what really turns out to be a remarkable revolution in technology that took place in 2010. Okay, not many people are are known about know about this, understand about this extremely important revolution that took place in 2010, all due to the activities of one man, and I'm not even going to dignify him by telling you his name, but it was a guy from Brussels, a European, my age. Okay, so he grew up as a kid in the 90s, and he was a techno geek, and he said, you know what? I've got an idea about how to become rich. I'm going to create a platform, an online platform, whereby individual private users can upload stolen content of this filth. And I'm going to make money through advertising on this platform. And in 2010, he looked for many years, and eventually in 2010, he had investment bankers give him $362 million. This is big money we're talking about. $362 million to get his website going. And what he did eventually is he bought out all the pay-per-view websites of this filth. And he made it all free. Okay. And by 2012 or 2013, the statistics say that 80% of all people in the world who view this online garbage viewed it on one of his websites. This is tyranny. This is absolute tyranny. So you have a feeding chain of beasts of animals, of human beings feeding upon each other. And at the top, at the very top of this feeding chain, you've got this guy who is like a tyrant. Beneath him, you've got the producers, the guys who make this garbage and film it. Okay? Now, the irony of ironies is that these producers have spent their life exploiting women and children. And guess what? They themselves got exploited by this guy. Because they were producing this stuff, it was getting stolen, it was being put up online, and they would write in and say, take this content down, it's illegal, it's been stolen, and uh, the rate of uploading stolen material far surpassed the rate at which they could say, take it down. And so they had to produce their garbage more and more and more and more, and they had to make it edgier, they had to make it weirder, okay, they had to, they thought they could retire they're not going to retire. They're trapped in this filthy business. So the exploiters have become exploited. The tyrants have become tyrannized over. And at the bottom of this feeding chain of 
human beasts eating each other, we have women and children. Young girls who start getting exposed to this garbage when they're 10 or 11. And it shapes their whole view of how human beings are supposed to relate to each other. And they come from bad families. They don't have fathers in their lives. They don't have love and care in their lives. So by the time they're 18, they think, oh, I'm going to go do this. And very often, not always, but very often, they have boyfriends who push them into this and then take all the money that they earn to spend on their drugs. Okay? So it's a form of prostitution. And also at the bottom of the feeding chain are children. Vulnerable children. You know, before the whole free online content came about, you had to use at least a credit card, which is going to be a, you know, a certain kind of a boundary between kids and this content. But now that it's free, it's a few clicks away. Okay? My brothers and sisters, who's in the middle of this feeding, feeding chain? Me and you. Okay? Me and you. And if we want to participate in this whole system of slavery and tyranny, we can. But that's not what Jesus Christ has called us to do. We are called, my brothers and sisters, to first and foremost oppose it and say, absolutely no, I will have nothing to do with this whole system of exploitation. I am not going to be devoured, and I refuse to devour others. I am not going to be used to make some guy rich, and I'm not going to use others. I'm not going to be involved in a system whereby others are being used. I'm going to be free. And I'm going to live my life in freedom. And I'm going to make sure that my families are free. There's nothing that we benefit, no, no online convenience or benefit that we can get by using the Internet that is more important than the health and the safety and the freedom of our children and our grandchildren. Okay? So we have to be determined as Christians that this is what we're going to be all about. We're going to be about freedom. We're going to be about taking care of our children so that they can grow up to have healthy relationships whereby they learn how to love one another and enter into healthy marriages so they can love another person and not use them, not learn to use people, okay? But to work for the good of others. And uh, finally, uh, well, here's a little side note here. One thing that we can do to help our kids, last year when I gave a homily like this on this day, I, I showed I had books, and then I realized all my books were taken, were, were, I gave them away, so I got to order some more. But there's some very, very good books for parents to read with their kids on this topic that have been made. And the, this one book I'm particular, particularly thinking of, it's called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. And, you know, sometimes parents don't know how to even start a conversation. So this book helps them do that with their kids to inoculate and, and you know, help protect their children. I think the key insight that I get from these little kid books, key insight is this. When Johnny gets shown these images from his friends or he comes across them accidentally, he says, oh, wait a second, that's not good. Let me go tell mommy or daddy. All right? 
Real simple key insight that he goes and he tells his parents. And that, by, that way, no dark secret starts to build up and gets between the parent and the child. And so then the parent says, oh, you didn't do anything wrong. It's okay. You know, but we know not to look at that because we want to live our lives in freedom and we want to learn how to love each other and not use one another. So you didn't do anything wrong. I'm really glad you told daddy. I'm really glad you told mommy that you experienced this, okay? And so I would just want you to do, let me know whenever you see it accidentally, okay, or someone shows it to you, let me know, and we'll talk about it, and we'll just remember to stay away from it. Okay, that simple insight is really, really very key, okay? And then finally, my brothers and sisters, we can be involved in advocacy. I'm really happy to see everybody out there wearing the white ribbon. Let's wear that this week. And people ask you, what's the white ribbon? Well, uh, it's the white ribbon against pornography week. I don't think this is freedom of expression. I don't think it's art. Art glorifies God. Okay? And shows forth the beauty of His creation. This stuff is not art. It's garbage. And it's a tool of tyranny in the hands of people who have a lot of financial interests in all of this process of exploitation. We don't have to be angry when we express that to people, by the way. <laughs> but we can just say very clearly, you know, this is a ribbon, ribbon, white ribbon against pornography. And go online. You've got these little pieces of paper maybe that some of you have taken. She gives you a website. Go online and learn how we can, how we can fight this as a community for the good of all. My brothers and sisters, it's for freedom that Jesus Christ has set us free. For freedom's sake, he set us free. And we as Christians are free in Jesus from the tyranny of this whole system of slavery. We say no to the Neros. We say no to the tyrants. And we say yes to freedom and to love.